I'm ready to regenerate and reimagine, redesign um, and rebuild the world that we've currently got. Um, and I think that that has all got to be based on that framework of reciprocity and generosity um, and that collectively we have the capacity to do that together. This is Dear Future, I'm Ready, a podcast brought to you from Amsterdam by Digital Society School and Transformational Studio. Your hosts for today are Carola Vashore and Marco van Hout. While you listen to this episode, probably on the go, you don't have to worry about taking notes. We've got that all covered. When you go visit our podcast page on digitalsocietyschool.org, you will find a full transcript, links, and more information for your own reference and to refer to the inspirational content to your friends and colleagues. Alan Moore is a designer and business innovator on a mission to help businesses discover their own unique beauty. Working directly with companies and organizations, Alan mentors teams and individuals, delivers inspirational leadership programs and advises clients on how to design and build a regenerative business. Alan has shared his knowledge in the form of board and advisory positions and has taught in institutions including MIT, the Sloan School of Management and INSEAD. He is the author of four books on creativity and business transformation, including Do Design, Why Beauty is Key to Everything, and he has spoken at the Do Lectures, South by Southwest and the Hay Literary Festival, as well as being featured in several media. Alan still works as an artist every day. He tries to lead his life as beautifully as he possibly can. And you can find out more about his, uh, him on his website, beautiful.business. But let's hear from him firsthand. Alan, welcome to the show. Uh, well, thank you very much, Corona and Marco. I'm um, really uh, looking forward to this conversation. Hi, Alan. Uh, so, you know, uh, 21 for 21 is a special series, uh, a podcast about transformation. This is happening right now and it is complex, which is why we are talking to 21 transformational leaders like yourself, people who are ahead of the curve and to whom we can really ask what the view's like from their perspective to inspire us in our transformational journeys. And today we will talk with you about design, business and beauty as a frame for life. So, beauty which is uh, kind of your topic. Uh, yeah. The world is so beautiful, you might say. Uh, but at the moment, we are currently really in a lot of paradigm shifts. And you might even experience certain parts of those shifts as the end of beauty, the end of an era. Uh, and, and you as a designer, as a creator of beauty, Alan, how do you really view the changing context from your perspective? Well, I mean, I think we are in a, uh, a moment of, of transition, although I think the world is always in transi transition, as we know, in many respects. But, you know, this feels something quite seismic for a whole variety of different reasons. I don't think actually it is an end of uh, an era of beauty. I actually think it's something else. I think it's a time for us to reclaim mm. that concept of beauty um, because I believe actually for every human being on this planet, it is our homecoming um, and it reconnects us to the fundamental things of, make, of what makes us who we are and how we can live um, a good life uh, in, this, in this world. So I feel that 
in many respects, we've lost the language of beauty. We're not allowed to use it. Of course, we use it every day, but in the context of business, say, uh, or thinking about organizations or design, um, it's a forgotten language. And with that, we've lost something very profound is what I believe. So I really like what you're saying. I, I'm I'm intrigued by this idea that we that we're coming home to ourselves and that we're reconnecting with that. I recently wrote um, an article, a blog post on um, the power of words because I had uh, read about the notion that words allow us to cast spells. So spelling is actually <laughs> casting spells with words. So it's quite interesting when you talk about we've lost the language of beauty. It seems that the part of the transformation is also about um, authenticity, about um, also connecting to the less beautiful parts of ourselves and in doing so, rediscovering the beauty of, of everything, uh, ourselves included. So tell us more about your view on, on beauty and how you came to, to work with beauty as a topic. Mm. Yes. Um well, the first part of uh, of that for me is well, how did I arrive at the at the beauty thing? Was um, even quite some time ago, um, and we're talking well over a decade, really, and probably more than that, fifteen years. I had a real road to Damascus experience where working with very big companies, uh, organisations all around the world, asking to run. Um, and lead uh, really big innovation projects, um, getting a look under the hood of all sorts of different types of organizations whose cultures at times were quite toxic and dysfunctional. And this idea of growth for growth's sake, all in any cost, I thought it's costing us too much. And actually, we aren't bringing <clears throat> value into the world uh, in the way that we should. And in fact, really, what I saw is that that whole kind of culture and mindset was actually quite destructive. So who were we serving? Um, and so I decided that I didn't want to work in that way anymore. Um, and I felt I had to find my own way home and having written a number of books which actually worked because i really wanted to be a writer it was because if i could describe the world that made sense to me maybe it might make sense to other people and i thought i need to write my way home and i asked myself the question then when i felt pretty much in a a lonely place um distraught uh, by what i felt was going on and in a sense of global financial crisis is another example of you know this destructive nature of of business um and i sat with that question for a long time uh what is home for me and i actually arrive at a memory um i'm a seven-year-old boy um i'm on a family holiday in cornwall um um, with my um, yeah, with my family. So I'm, I'm watching my mum. My mum's always a very really anxious woman, um, and that was a lot to do with past history um, and just really worrying about you know uh, how you put you know food on the table and all those sorts of things. Um, and so to see her on the beach, to watch her like a almost like a young girl, joyful, playful, happy, laughing 
gave me such incredible joy just to see that um, because it was so unusual. My father was there. Um, he was always a beautiful, loving, compassionate man. Um, and um, it was great to see, see them two very happy together. That said, I always want to qualify this, that my mother and my father were this incredible team. Um, there was no, you know, patriarchy in our house at all. It was, they were just like a unit. And that actually was something that I've always sort of stayed with me uh, with my brother and my sister. Um, sometimes one doesn't always get on well with one's siblings, as we know. And then actually I see myself, I see myself bending down on the beach, playing with my toys, the seas in the background, it's twinkling away, the sky is blue. And I thought I'm at one with those I love the most. I'm one with myself and there are times when I've not been at one with myself. Um, and I'm sure your listeners can maybe uh, see that in themselves as well. Um, and I'm at one with the natural world. So this feeling of homecoming is as much about what's going inside me as what is happening outside of me. It's integral. It's a sense of unity and the only word that came to me that could describe that was beauty. Um, and that's why I say beauty is foundational for life and it is our universal homecoming for us all. Um, because it describes a world, as I said, where we feel um, complete or wholesome, um, which might be the right way to, uh, to explain it. And that's when I sat down um, and thought I'm going to write from my heart um, and from my experience as a designer, as a maker, uh, as someone that's worked in business. But I, I want to integrate all of those things together as best as I can to describe that in a way that made sense to other people. And that's how I ended up writing Do Design, Why Beauty is Key to Everything. That's such a wonderful and such an inspiring story. Um, I've been in business for more than 25 years now. Um, I think that business has a long way to go before we get to that integral, coherent, whole view of things. Um, I think that going back to the topic of language, beauty in the context of business is often misunderstood in a superficial way because we as people are also only superficially connected with our own selves and thus the systems that we are a part of stay in that superficiality and this this has to change if we are going to look for a future in which we can all thrive in which we can all reconnect to that coherent beauty in the sense that it's not perfect it's beautifully imperfect how do we do that how how do we transform in a context in which the world keeps spinning there is so much misery there is so much um, anxiety to relate back to your story there is so much fear how, how do we do that Alan tell us what I've discovered has been very interesting when I wrote that book because, um, uh, you know, I, 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 we didn't really put in huge marketing behind it. We didn't have the budget to do it. It came from a small publisher. 
Um, and I remember Miranda, my publisher, calling me up two or three weeks after the book was first published. And she said, you've given me a problem. Um, you know, I got really worried, you know, <laughs> what have I done? Um, and she said, the book has sold out. Um, and that was pretty amazing. And what came back was so many people started to get in touch with me about how this work was really touching them in a different way. And I think that it quite clearly showed that if you uh, talk about beauty and you turn up to talk about it seriously, um, people will be very open uh, because they feel that spiritually um, is, a, is an important part of them. And I think also there's this part of, of I quite like your thing about <laughs> words cast spells and spelling, this thing about storytelling um, or framing. And there's a way of actually framing a story, an integral story that actually is very powerful for people. Um and that's where I kind of, you know, I, I start in this, this story of um, uh, the overview effect where, you know, when astronauts go up into space and they look down on the Earth for the first time and they're overcome by this incredible transcendental, transcendental experience um, of great love and wonder and understanding that, you know, the, the earth is this incredible integrated, you know, organism, um, uh, that we are a part of it. And I then say, and reality is, is if we're all molecularly made of the same stuff, which we are then, and if the laws of the universe are described to be beautiful, uh, go, you know, Einstein's theory of relativity or Paul Dirac's theories about how subatomic particles interact with each other the vast distances over time and space um, throughout galaxies, then we intuitively at an integral level, which is, you know, why I tell the story, how it came to me is that is a fundamental part of what life as a thriving life looks like. And what I also say is, is that um, nature has run one of the longest R and D projects we've ever known. In fact, you know, she's worked out to hang around for quite a while, like all eternity. And if we want to hang around for a bit longer um, and hopefully for all eternity, then we need to start learning from nature's playbook. And the principal operating model is uh, not a single atom is wasted. And uh, the model is designed for regeneration. So beauty for me is actually to that foundational thing is something, something much more deeper than that, which is this concept around regeneration. Um, and to add to that, I think that um, I was challenged um, once by a guy who was uh, a bit of a big player in the uh, CSR community and sat there with his arms folded saying, well, what can beauty give the world of sustainability? And he, I think it kind of felt like he sort of got me in a bit of a corner. Um, and I said, it's really simple. I said, the language of beauty is the language of joy. It's a language of wonder. Um, it's, it's this idea of saying that we can thrive um, in this world. The reason why we look at the natural world um, and it gives us joy is because our DNA tells us that this is where land is fertile where where life can actually give us life and that to me is where i think 
we can start to tell a, a very different type of story um, that engages all people. And we have to give that optimistic, authentic, realistic perspective um, on what all of that means. So that's kind of how I start. I love that. And and is that also the reason why um, um, yeah, beauty uh, works better to transform or in the discussion to transform than doing good or all of the other terms that we use? Is 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 beauty more transformational in that, that aspect? Well, I think there's, I mean, we are hitched to beauty. I mean, obviously I've described this from a sort of like a deep, a nature's deep design model and how that sort of integrates with, with all of us. Um, but you touch on an interesting point because beauty is also then related to the idea of ethics. Um, and uh, actually in the new book that I've written, Do Build, How to Make and Lead a Business the World Needs, I quote um, Iris Murdoch, who is a very famous English philosopher and novelist. And she wrote a book called The Sovereignty of the Good. And she said, the good or the seeking of the good should not be the name of an esoteric object, but should be the tool of every rational man. And so uh, I think my provocation, invitation to businesses out there is, is if you are not, um, you know, thinking about how you bring the good into the world and you could connect that to how do I contribute positively to, um, you know, the, the world, uh, to society, uh, et cetera, et cetera, then you're not really in business. Um, you're not serving uh, in a way that you should do. And that is also something deeply linked then to notions for me around leadership, um, you know, whether that's at a kind of very strategic level um, or whether that's actually, you know, on a sort of, you know, minute by minute or day by day uh, way of looking at how am I, how are we bringing the good into the world? Um, and that to me is very important. And it's not binary. The problem is, is for whatever, when we started the conversation, we were talking about systems and complexity. People like to say, well, it's either or. And I, I can't see that it's either or. It's got to be and, 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 and. We need to set the bar really high. Um, Extraordinary. Here, here. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Music to our ears, definitely. Mm. Um, it's in the end, you talk a lot about, you've used the word integral uh, quite a bit. Um, our first uh, podcast uh, guest in this series is uh, was Walter van Noort. And uh, Walter is actually a Dutch journalist uh, investigating future technologies and innovation. And through his work, um, like many uh, people who are, uh, you know, investing their time in considering these topics, philosophizing about these topics, he has uh, arrived at spirituality very much. <laughs> this is uh. the interesting thing. Very much to his disappointment. <laughs> he never expected that. So he's like, like all mm -hmm. of us, he's immersed in this uh, system and this society in which Cartesian principles and the rule of rationality um, defines how serious we go about our business, right? So you can't be serious unless you're rational, which is absolutely, absolutely crazy, but it's how we've come to define ourselves. And it's quite interesting that we've seen that now in most of our podcast guests that via one way or the other, as they start wondering, so not questioning, but wondering 
what is causing things and why are things the way they are. They arrive at this need for looking at things integrally and understanding the interconnectedness of things and the interbeing aspect of how there is this cause and effect in which in the end, in the very, very end, there's always beauty. And beauty very much in Mm -hmm. the sense that you describe it, beauty in that if it doesn't make sense, if it doesn't work harmoniously, then it doesn't have uh, traction, it doesn't have lasting effect, it doesn't have meaning, it doesn't allow you to be working with things that are significant, whereas as human beings... This is what we long for. When you talk about coming home, this is the, the siren's call, the music that we want to hear as we um, go along that homecoming path. And to that point, I think that the power of stories um, is so important. We, we have evolved because of the stories uh, in, in times before we had the written word um, as, as a way of learning how to be in the world, not how to do in the world, but how to be in the world. Mm. And mm. there seems to be a coming back to that. How, how do you see that? Yeah, no, well, I agree. I mean, there's, um, I mean, there's a, a few things on that, which is um, the human spirit needs beauty and will do anything to get more of it given half a chance. Um, and I think that that to me is a quote which comes from a lady called Fiona Reynolds who wrote a wonderful book called The Fight for Beauty, uh, which is actually about her service um, to the National Trust here in England trying to protect the natural environment. But she really looks at that kind of integral relationship. Um, And I also say you can't measure beauty. We don't think beauty, we feel it. We know it. And actually, beautiful decisions, and even if you put it into that space, is, you know, there's a different part of your body where you start to make some really profound choices about your life. Um, and it's got nothing really to do with the chattering that's going on in your in your brain. Um, and so, in a sense, there therein lies, you know, its wonder and its mystery and its importance. <laughs> And of course, in the world that, that we live in, uh, or the world that we have created over the last 150 years, and maybe a bit more, you know, what we've done is is we've we stripped all of the spirituality out of what it is that we that we do and how we exist. Um, you know, we've made uh, up until this point uh, business very masculine, uh, very patriarchal. Um, it abhors the idea of nurture, of compassion. Um, it sees these things as weak. Um, and that to me is why, in a sense, we are so broken. Um, as I said, we have always, uh, you know, humanity has always walked in the veil of tears uh, in many respects. But I think that... Um, there is a return. There is, we see all of that. And of course, the media likes to paint the world in a very dark place. And yes, uh, I mean, it is. And particularly so, uh, you know, obviously over the last um, 24 months or so, uh, not only with the pandemic, but with Black Lives Matters and really some very big conversations about the nature of our society. But 
what I see is um, there are those that will still want to hang on to their power bases. We see that politically at the moment. Um, I think that is a certain generation of a certain age. Um, I think that the younger generation desperately crave for a different type of world um, and they want it. Uh, and what I also see is, is that the people that come to me or the organizations that I work with are already into the mindset of transformation. They want it. Um, and that to me is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what I'm intrigued with, uh, Alan, is the way you describe beauty. Um, and at the same time, being a designer. So I'm, I'm wondering, um, hearing how you describe beauty and how you formulate mm. things. Yes. Um, but at the same time, um, having, you know, this, this, this environment in business, definitely also, uh, uh, that revolves around design thinking nowadays, where mm. everything is structured, where everything is actually nurtured. Um, how do you see that contradiction between how design is being used at the moment and the way mm. you see beauty? Well, I mean, I think that um, uh, we have to start. Where, so where do we start? So again, in, in, in the new book, Do Build, um, I break that down into there is a set of foundational things that we need to look at. Um, <clears throat> we need to think about, so uh, nature, beauty, biomimicry, design. We need to think about a different set of values and metrics. Um, and then we need to think about governance. Um I talk about leadership um, as generosity. Um, how do we get ourselves into a place where we lead with, with that mindset? Um, and then specifically to answer your question, Marco, um, I've put together an appendix of what I'd say is 50 beautiful businesses at the end of the book, which actually range from a one-man ceramicist to a country, uh, which is New Zealand, because they actually have uh, a KPI which is built around well-being. And that, to me, is all sorts of uh, – you know, that's around generosity, that's around compassion, that's around beauty. But before before that, I and mean, in well, in looking at all of those different types of businesses in a whole variety of different ways, I have 13 design questions that um, I formulated in the book. And partly, you know, as I said, I started my life as a designer, you know, um, uh, and I have the uh, fortune to have been involved in the design of, you know, many different types of projects. You know, something once said from books to businesses, which is um, – yeah. <laughs> which actually is true. Um, but the first one is, does it matter? Of course, we've got this whole thing about purpose and purpose has become very popular. Um, but I would say there are certain people on this planet that have certain purpose, um, mm. but they're not actually really serving the greater good. Right. Whereas, whereas I ask, you know, what does the world need? Um, and that's the sort of setup. Um, and I say we need a return to the equilibrium of ecology, economy and society. And so we have to ask the question, does it matter? Does it matter to the world? Does it matter to me? Does it matter to my team? How does it matter? And that to me is a really deep penetrating question which we can explore then the nature of are we going to be using our time nature's resources uh whatever in something that we're going to bring into this world that is going to create some form of value 
The second question is, is it transformational? Um, if you're not going to bring something into this world that's actually going to raise the bar, um, it's going to, that's, we have to ask that question. How are we bringing transformation into this world? How are we making it better? Uh, the third question is, um, how is it regenerative? So I want people to start to move beyond the conversation around sustainability for all the reasons I explained earlier in our conversation and to really think about the principles of regeneration, which obviously then it's how do you make society regenerative? Um, you know, are the systems and organisations that we are currently using really doing that? Um is our business models regenerative? Are our manufacturing processes regenerative? Are our supply chains regenerative? Um, you know, when I started in business, we didn't ask where are our clothes made. We didn't ask, you know, where the raw materials came from to make the various, you know, food products that we eat or, um, you know, the, the computers or whatever that we use. Whereas today we're really asking about that and regeneration in that sense is sort of part of a much more holistic design question. Um, you know, how will the language that we use define us? So some of these design questions are quite hard nosed. Um, I ask questions around legacy, around ancestry, um, around time horizons, so for me, this is kind of more than just a sort of mechanics and function of um, some some the way that some people view design. Let's just put it that way, um, because I think that great design is actually something that lifts up the human spirit. Um, it delivers Love something, that. as I said, which is of huge quality. Um, and it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, making something very simple or something very complex. Um, I think you have to hold a whole set of hard and soft design questions, which sometimes are really focused on, on the, on the product or the service, um, or even the business. Um, but also then being held in a macro sense of, of, of its role. And I think that to me is a different kind of tool set that we can use from a design perspective to get into a better place. So, I mean, I'm actually running a, um, a, a course at the moment with a group of people from around the world. And actually the, uh, uh, the, the thing that we're working on at the moment is um, as we've got deeper into the course is going from that bigger, you know, uh, holistic way of thinking and thinking about the language um, using critical analysis and techniques um, that I'm sort of asking them to to use to the point now where we're getting very focused in saying, so now I want you to go away and uh, think about how you would design a beautiful business. Here are the design questions. Here are the values and the metrics. Here is the language. Um, here is the argumentation. These are the things that we've been exploring over the last three or four months together. And now it's actually your chance to go and do. Um, and that's actually been really quite a powerful experience. Um, and I've really enjoyed what's uh, been coming back as a consequence of that. Super interesting. I just have one small question. Uh, currently, we are working with a group of lawyers and we talk uh, about uh, the term sheet of the future. Do mm. you think beauty needs to be a big part of the term sheet of the future? Totally. I do. Um, I think that uh, uh, when people really kind of embrace it 
as I say, in a sense, it it carries in itself, if you think about it, um, you know, do we want a sustainable world? Hold that as a metaphor. Just, you know, whatever comes up. Or do you want a beautiful world? Hold that as a metaphor. What comes up? What one feels more something that you would lean towards or want to move towards um, than the other one? For me, beauty just as a just as a as a sense as we contemplate it offers something very different to we need to make the world sustainable, you know, because in a sense we stripped out, as I say, all the things that actually make every waking minute uh, you know, living on this planet um a joyful experience. And surely that's what we should be doing. And that's actually one of the things that one of the other design questions is how do you make a joyful experience? Right. And joy, uh, right. necessarily, you can't think joy. <laughs> you have to feel it. You've um, got to feel it. Yeah. You've got to feel it. And so you're, and, and I suppose in a way, to just to qualify that, because I was actually trained as a, as a book designer, and I spent the very early formative years of my life as a book designer. So therefore, that's why I describe myself that I come from a craft-based background. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, you know, there's uh, that wonderful sense then about the craftsman or craftswoman or craftsperson um, always is deployed uh, their work with how do I create social good? Um, how do, and, but they also work the hand, the heart and the mind. You know, it's the holy trinity. You yes. can't separate those things out. And that's where, to me, sometimes where we, we separate, you know, this thing about, you know, design and thinking and that's all rational but actually there's so much more richness that we can bring in to the framing of those things it's just a question of asking the right questions i think um, yeah. and that's something that you know i've spent the last you know seven years or so thinking very hard about um to help other people ask the right questions and it's not about me it's about how can that work be in service to uh, you know, the wider society. Because I think the other thing is it's it's also about nurture and it's about healing. And we need a lot of healing at the moment. Oh, yes, um, we that do. Is, oh, yes, that, we is, do. that is for sure. You know, and that's why I think that kind of multidimensional way of looking at the world through the lens of design uh, with beauty as a framework is so key to kind of what happens next. Amazing. Nice. Thank you so yeah. much. Wow. Wonderful. There's so much to unpack there. Um, we try to uh, help our audience very much like yourself by giving them questions. I, I, lo I love language, as you know, um, mm. and I talk about the quest for questions. Yeah. So it's really about mm. once you do something, think about what are you going to ask, ask yourself next once you've done that? And so it's that you start with a question, but you also end with a question, like where is this leading into and what is what is coming next through that which you have helped realize. Mm. Um, and so that's one of the basic promises within within our podcast is that we won't give people any answers, but we'll give them lots right. of things uh, to generate new questions and make them think. Um, so in doing so, we'd like to ask you to complete a final sentence. And that sentence starts with, dear future, I am ready. And tell us and tell our audience what you feel most ready for by completing, dear future, I'm ready. 
Yeah, well, I'm ready to regenerate and reimagine, redesign um, and rebuild the world that we've currently got. Um, and I think that that has all got to be based on that framework of reciprocity and generosity um, and that collectively we have the capacity to do that together. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Alan. This was a beautiful conversation. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're more than welcome. Dear future. 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 I'm ready. This is Dear Future. I'm ready. Dear future. I'm ready. Thank you for listening to Dear Future. I'm ready. Curious about our next or previous episodes? Please find us on digitalsocietyschool.org or on your favorite podcast or music platform under Dear Future I'm Ready and subscribe today. Are you or your team interested in really getting hands-on with the practice of transformation design, sustainability by design or diversity and inclusion? Check out our professional courses on digitalsocietyschool.org and sign up today for one of our truly transformational learning experiences. For help at an organizational level, check out Transformational Studio, a transformation design agency with the aim of revolutionizing change through design and making transformation irresistible. Check them out at transformation.studio.com.